Need a few minutes to reset? Great Minds is a podcast from SBS that guides you through different meditation styles from around the world. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 19th of July. Later on Market Day, we've got Junbei Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners. But first, to Rio Tinto, which posted uh, a period of iron ore production, the best in five years. For the first half, it shipped 136 million tonnes of iron ore and now says it's on track to hit the upper end of its production target for 2023. But... Will China's economic slowdown, what will it mean for it and for the likes of BHP? For that and more, I spoke with David Lennox. He's a resources analyst at Fat Profits. Well, look, certainly if you have a look at uh, Rio's June quarter results, yes, they were very good. We did see iron ore production uh, up over the quarter and up over the half. So that was a very good result. Given you, If you have a look at the background in which it was generated, we've had uh, significant uh, talk on China actually slowing and that really would have, I believe, uh, perhaps caused some concern that we may have seen lower shipments of uh, product, or, sorry, lower shipments of iron ore into that country. That's not proved to be the case. So overall, we certainly do think that the company has now got its uh, iron ore act back into gear. We've seen it uh, significantly improving with a, a new mine coming on stream. That certainly added to the background of higher production. And overall, we're quite comfortable with what we've seen, certainly in their iron ore space. We also enjoyed their aluminium performance. That was excellent. The only one that was perhaps a little bit on the downside was copper. I guess on iron ore, the company's also now said it expects to produce um, uh, iron ore in terms of the higher end of its guidance. So that seemed to have uh, impressed investors today. However, there was also a lot of commentary on China in its uh, release today. It said that China's economic recovery has fallen short of initial expectations. So given that, how much of a concern is China, not just for Rio Tinto, I guess, but all miners and ultimately Australia? Well, look, certainly if you have a look at what's happening inside China, yes, that country is slowing and the rate at which it's slowing has perhaps uh, caught many by surprise. Given that we were quite sure that uh, when they opened from COVID that we, we would see, like we saw back primarily in the Western nations, a significant improvement in, in, uh, product, in uh, GDP numbers, that hasn't proven to be the case. Look, overall, one would have to suggest that if you have a look at what's happening inside China, The authorities there have got a 5% target and we do believe that they will start pulling the levers and we have seen over the course of the last couple of months a number of the minor levers being pulled to just ensure that that that, uh, GDP growth numbers do stay on course. However, one would suspect that to get the country really rocking along, we're going to have to see further stimulus and that stimulus is going to have to stay away from the property sector and probably concentrate more and more on the infrastructure sector. And we think that's certainly that's that's going to be what's going to benefit uh, Rio Tinto and BHP because that sector requires significant amounts of steel and that's going to flow through to iron ore demand. And it's probably showing up in the numbers as we've seen uh, from Rio today. 
Right, iron ore prices fell 12% over the quarter. Putting all of the above together, what do you think this will ultimately mean when it comes to reporting season for the iron ore miners, which kicks off next week with Rio Tinto? No doubt we're going to see softer half-year results for Rio Tinto, primarily because of the, the iron ore price falling. We do expect, however, that there's going to be a little bit of an offset because of higher uh, production numbers, but uh, it will be that price that's going to play a key role. It's not going to be significantly damaging. Rio is still going to make a profit. It's just that the quantum of that profit is going to be lower than we've perhaps seen in times gone by because of that lower iron ore price. Overall, however, if we are right, we do see China continuing to uh, twig the the stimulatory levers and we see that country heading back towards 5% growth, which is what they're targeting, then we expect to see significant improvements in volumes over the remainder of the year. And that's probably what uh, Rio is quite comfortable to do. They bought into a production a new mine. So from that point of view, they're not sitting on their laurels thinking that uh, China's not going to demand iron ore. They're expecting further demand increases, not only this year, but probably in the years to come. And that's what happens when you see such a big economy continuing to actually grow. Finally, uh, another upside in the report, though, higher lithium prices. How is uh, the market primed for activity there? Look, one would suspect that uh, we've seen the lithium price actually come off. And yes, it has started to improve again, but it's, it's way below what was its record highs for almost 12 months. So overall, we would expect to have seen, yes, significant improvement in the, the in the uh, ex- exploration for lithium and that's certainly come about we've seen a number of mergers taking place and, and uh, established companies uh, getting uh, key key extra production online overall one would have to suspect that the sea change that we're seeing in the auto industry is now well entrenched it's not quite fully in place yet but it's coming And that's increasing the outlook for lithium over the course of not only the next couple of years, but the next five or six years. And that's really what's now starting to play into the hands of producers. David Lennox there from Fat Profits. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Australian share market had a good day, up 0.6% on the S&P ASX 200, 7,323. Jinbei Lu from Tribeca Investment Partners has the details. Look, what's driving it is really another strong market uh, in the US overnight. And what's also interesting is the US market, not only the big tech, it's everything else. Um, You know, out of majority sector was up overnight in the US, and that is driving quite a lot of optimism into our market. At the same time, um, you know, Australian share has been seen to be lagged behind compared to the US share. So we are seeing a bit of optimism back into our share market. I know that some of that optimism is from um, some of those banks uh, posting better than expected profits in the US, but Microsoft also today hit a record high in the US. I guess a lot of that is on that AI trade. On AI, do you think it's run its course or is there more to come? Look, AI definitely has more to come, but the challenge is here in Australia, it is actually quite hard to find pure play companies. There is one which is, you know, NextDC, clearly being the data center. There will be more demand for the data center. But when you trickle down to the smaller names, it's just harder to find pure play AI businesses. Now, we have a couple of companies running on that sort of hype. Now, uh, the actual uh, earnings impact is still yet to be felt. So for these areas, it's a little bit speculative. um, And uh, but if anything, in the next 12 months, we 
we will see a lot more interest across the board, not just for new sectors, but it's really for existing businesses on opportunities and threats. Locally, the big corporate story of the day is, I guess, Rio Tinto, production numbers there. What did you make of them, the high and low points? And what do you think it'll mean for BHP because it has numbers out this week too? Look, absolutely. So uh, the results are actually pretty much in line. The production for um, for copper, for iron ore and the like, uh, all pretty much in line with expectations. Slight miss, but in line with expectations. They did, however, guide it to a little bit high cost for the copper. Now, we should continue to see uh, out of big uh, major miners, the cost is going to continue to be an issue for them. Uh, although the top line in terms of commodity prices is still holding up pretty well for them. What do you think this will all mean for reporting season when it begins next week? Because Rio Tinto, again, kicks off reporting season next week. Look, absolutely. So the reporting season, we should continue to see um, companies talking about um, increased cost and difficulty in uh, labor in labor shortages and the like. But we do think, though, uh, predominantly there will be more uncertainty in terms of talk to the demand environment, particularly for those consumer-facing companies. We have already heard from some of them talk about downgrades. Um, we should see a lot more of it in the next couple of weeks. Energy also in focus today. Ampol shares rallied. Woodside, though, posted a 29% fall in quarterly sales, but shares are up. What's behind that? I know. So it, it obviously looks quite strange. Why is that the case? Look, it's uh, the reason uh, the, the earning fall is quite significant is because LNG prices has fallen um, in the last quarter. But the production number is pretty much in line. And then the outlook for costs and production is pretty much in line. So with the prices now actually recovering from lows. Um, uh, we do expect the analysts will keep the earnings as they are. So uh, share price has underperformed um, uh, with the other um, the other peers that's in the mining space. So, you know, investors piling back in for a resurgence in the oil prices. Uh, with In terms of the Ampol, um, which is very interesting, uh, the result is actually a bit disappointing. Uh, however, they show their convenience channel is actually doing quite well, even though the refiner margin is tougher. Now, what's interesting about Ampol at the moment, there's a bit of a rumor about them buying out, wanting to uh, take a position in by the Seven uh, Eleven convenience chain. Um, you know, company company haven't talked to her, but if it does eventually, it will mean quite a lot of earnings upside for Ample. Finally, um, where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? Look, at this point, um, the, the best opportunity and the most uh, lowest risk and most defensive buy in this market is actually CSL. Very to hard look past the cheap share prices. Um, the share price has fallen uh, from above 300 to now below $270 on the basis of tiny earning adjustment because of currency and number of one-off issues. Now, this co- company is a healthcare business, will deliver the highest growth within the healthcare space over the next three years, and it's it's recession-proof. Um, to me, this is almost um, a, a no-brainer for investors to really pile into that one. June Bailu there from Tribeca Investment Partners. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.